we are recording this on a Sunday afternoon because we played ourselves and didn't record it on a Thursday like we said we would. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. happy to kind of be here, kind of. And Everyone has bad days. Yeah, and Sundays are hard. But I don't usually plan to like be on camera on a Sunday. You know, that's like a PJ, oh. hot chocolate, bed, oh, popcorn. I yeah, that's not where we are. We're here with you guys, and we're so happy to be here. So yes. let's get let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome to the Forwards Podcast, brought to you by Full Time Creatives, where we talk about entrepreneurs building creative collaboration. We're very excited to have you here today. On today's podcast episode, we will be covering questions that we were asked through our social media channels. We put up a little question box. We got quite a lot of questions. Exactly. Some yes. of them were inappropriate. Yeah, a little. But it's okay. We understand. You want us Maybe to be Maybe when vulnerable. we get to know each other a bit better. Yeah. Maybe when we have like a couple more subscribers. Yeah. Just wait for it though. By the way, subscribe. Okay, so to jump into the questions, we had a very, very insightful question that I think a lot of creatives are struggling with at the moment. How do you guys handle creator's block or burnout? I personally think we should split that question into two. Let's chat creator's block and then burnout. We don't. (laughs) That's the honest question. No, I'm joking. JK, JK, JK. Creative block, that's actually an easy one. I think as an individual in the creative space, it's obviously a lot harder to find inspiration because it's obviously all coming from yourself. Um, And I think we've spoken about it a lot of like collaboration over competition. And I think that is our solution to creative block. It's like get inspired by the people around you. And personally for myself, I say probably on a weekly basis, guys, I've hit a block. Someone else look at this. Like I can't (laughs) see what I'm doing. I don't understand. I've done a full 360 and I still hate the design. Someone else, please look at it. So that I think is my straightforward answer. I always just sort of go to someone else or go to someone else on the team. When it comes to my creative block and how I navigate it, I actually kind of prefer to start again. So a lot of times what happens with me is I'll do like a first draft design or I'll begin to lay out like a process document and it's just not clicking. It just ain't hitting the way it needs to hit. And then I actually just scrap the whole thing. I forget it exists <laughs> and I revisit it in three to five business days. <laughs> you don't have time for that. It's three to five minutes. Yeah, three actually. to five minutes. But when it comes to that creative block, I think the one example that sticks out in my head and you'll know, we had a specific client where we were doing IGTV videos for them when IGTV was still a thing. Do you remember? I ha- I was trying to design IGTV covers yes. and I spent four hours designing the most yeah. odd, awful designs. And I was just like, I, and then you, we still had like such a heavy debate on it because yes. I was like, can you please just help me? And you're like, how long did you spend on this? I was like, I literally spent four hours. And she's like, why did you do that? Why did you do that? Why did you waste your time? You should have yeah. just tried it for like 10 minutes and passed it on. And I mean, that's also a big thing. Like even going into this quarter, our big, our theme internally has been like strive for feedback, not perfection. Yeah. So inside the team, it's kind of like this. If you're striving for perfection, you're probably going to waste a lot of your time, especially in the creative space. Like rather strive for constructive negative feedback, rather become more comfortable with feedback and getting negative feedback from your team members than constantly putting yourself under pressure to be perfect every time you deliver a draft. It's called a draft for a reason. It's not supposed to be perfect. I also think it's really important to find people in the creative space or individuals you work with and kind of bounce ideas off of each other and feed into where each person's strength comes in. So for example, for me, I struggle to kind of like finalize a design to finish something off in a creative sense. Whereas Kate is really, really good at that. For me, 
my strength comes in and kind of like commencing the process, putting in like the basics, the ground. Sort work. of taking the creative brief and starting yes. something. Yes. And actually a lot of people have asked me this, like, how do you know what to fix? I have absolutely no idea. Yeah. Like, I'll look at a design and I know or whatever it might be, it could even be a video edit or whatever, whatever source like piece of content, I'll look at it and I know exactly what I want to change. Yeah. I always know how to fix and adjust and finalize something. But hundred percent, like if if I'm given a creative brief, being able to commence that, that's kind of Vanya's strong point. Um, and then I'll be like, cool, thanks for that. And I also think it changes, it ebbs and flows, but it's like for the vast majority of time, that's kind of how it is. Then the second part of that question deals with burnout, which I think is not separate from creative block, but I think it can be its whole own thing. And I think it's definitely been highlighted since COVID because everything has moved to work from home. And I think that's something we've felt a lot since there is it's no almost like this boom of post COVID, like during COVID, everything slowed down because it wasn't necessarily optimized for functioning completely online. I mean, maybe it's just South Africa. Then now post COVID, it's like this boom because everything's optimized for in office and out of office. So it's like there's literally no time to switch off. Yeah. And because of the efficiency that like just skyrocketed because everything was switched over to like digital mechanisms and whatever, it's like this post COVID boom, in my opinion, I feel. Um, and it, it, it's resulted in a lot of burnouts. Yeah, I completely agree. I also think moving from COVID to now, it was very, very difficult to find that line of separation. Finding that time, working from we were, home. Exactly, we, like you would eat, sleep, work in the same place. Yes, and I think honestly, for me, my biggest thing was during COVID, I refused to let myself work in bed anymore. I had to get up and go and work at a desk because I tried. And like, don't get me wrong, there's some ex- exceptions to the rule, but you really need to find separation if you're working from home. With regards to dealing with burnout in general, I think it's genuinely about firstly acknowledging it, like recognizing, listen, I'm seeing that my enjoyment for the things I typically enjoyed work-wise is going down. I'm not keen to go and do anything outside of work because I'm exhausted all the time. And there's no like productive, efficient push behind what I'm doing it's kind of like I want to get this done because it needs to be done instead of I want to get this done as fast as possible and as well as possible because it'll be cool or it'll be good like there's no excitement about work so it's about acknowledging and understanding those those things um and then after that kind of just navigating how you like to reset like for example for me resetting is not by any means cutting off like the cons and you and I've spoken about this before I think because we work remotely and we require good internet connection to do everything we do the concept of either of us going away for like a week to a place with no signal sounds like our worst nightmare whereas to other people it sounds like a haven it's like oh my gosh I don't have to worry about anything like and you know what the thing is I could go on holiday for a week and have connection but not look at anything but just knowing Mm -hmm. that if there was an emergency yes like yeah but that I think is also just us being the owners of this company I disagree I'm 100% sure our employees would love to go offline for a few weeks. Anyways, I actually have something to add on to your thing, though, of like you said, you know, acknowledging it. I think that acknowledgement is so important, but it's so serious as well. Like I think something that I've realized is you cannot, it's probably the the worst thing to joke about, Mm -hmm. burnout, is like, oh, I'm so burnt out or I'm at capacity or like I'm, that is the worst thing to joke about, especially in a place of employment because if people constantly feel like you're burnt out and you're using the word freely of like, I'm burnt out, I'm burnt out, people are just going to feel like you, they cannot give you more work, you're not getting more efficient at your work, they're going to stop coming to you. 
So that's the one half of it is like using it seriously. Like it's not just a term you can throw around. Yeah. It's the same with like mental health and depression. You know, you can't just like throw those things around as if it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And then the follow up on that is if it is used seriously and if you in your work environment, whether you are an employee or an employer, if you place the seriousness on this idea of burnout, there's a lot more grace to be given in your working environments. And I think this is something that we have actually installed of like the grace that follows a burnout if you know, like I know when you come to me and you're like, you're burnt out. I'm, I'm like, does she just want a weekend away? Yeah, like, like that's not the, like, that's not the case. There needs to be trust when it comes to that. There needs to be a general understanding. There needs to be a seriousness associated with it. So that when an employee comes to you or when a coworker comes to you and says like, I'm burnt out, I know like I have grace to give people because I've been burnt out before. Yeah. And I think that's also so helpful in a work environment of like, Usually when you're burnt out, it doesn't mean and not a lot of people can afford to just stop and go off the grid and like just stop working. I mean, that's really not a reality. You know, it's really hard. A lot of people are like, oh no, take a break. Some people just can't, you know, you can't just stop working. You can't just stop showing up for work. Yeah. Like that's not an option. So I think for me, like acknowledging it and knowing you're like informing your team members, like guys, I'm feeling a little bit burnt out. I feel like I'm approaching a burnt out, a, a, a burnout. Yeah. It kind of allows this thing of like, okay, because Vanya is going through a burnout or experiencing these uh, a burnout, um, she's probably going to mess up a little bit more. She's probably going to miss like smaller details. She might be a little bit delayed on deadlines. It's not accepting these things. It's this grace that can be given for a period. So yeah, that's kind of like the other half of it that I wanted to say is it's a lot easier for people to give you grace and to understand if there's a seriousness associated with the claim of yeah. being burnt out. There's an understanding. And if, you know, people obviously know that you're taking steps to look after yourself. Yeah. If you're going to tell me you're burnt out and then go out jawling three days in a row, I'm going to be like, this is not necessarily the best decision to make. Yeah. Know, but yeah. from what I've experienced, you are the only person who knows how to get yourself through a burnout. Yeah. Can I ask, how do you feel like you pull yourself out of a burnout? Like, what do you do? Definitely do acknowledge it. Like, I think maybe not publicly, like not to a lot of people, but I think my close, I mean, you always know when I feel like I'm burnt out. And yeah. I think for me, it's very prevalent in my deadlines I think that's the first thing that slips whenever I'm burnt out of like I'll just I'll just my tabs are just all over the place in my brain yeah. so I get very very foggy so I think for me structure does really help my burnouts because usually my burnouts follow chaos mm -hmm. um I feel like that's also where you and I differ your burnouts will follow a very strict amount of like a lot of work being done yeah. in, a, in a schedule whereas mine will follow like just chaos of being double booked being overbooked mm -hmm. um things not going to plan you know emergencies coming up yeah. that's usually what follows my what, what like results in the burnouts I've experienced so I think for me it's this idea of getting back into a routine, getting back into structure. Um, sleep is obviously a massive thing for me because my whole team knows I'm a functional non-sleeper. Yeah. She I can <laughs> operate like really, really well in like four to five hours of sleep, which is crazy. That's a lot of sleep. <laughs> no, I'm joking. That's so toxic. <laughs> and then obviously like with that structure, you obviously have like your daily routines of skincare and bathing and going for walks going to gym those things all go to shit when I don't have structure when there's chaos the last thing I'm thinking about is going to lift weights when I'm yeah. tired and like have a day full of chaos yeah so structure I get you I get you I think for me a, a big thing has actually been and it was inspired by Kimo has actually been like mindfulness I think I have a tendency of distracting myself as a way of feeling like peace and calm like I have a tendency of re-watching the same series over and over and over even when I'm burnt out and I should clearly just be sleeping in silence 
I refuse to because that that distraction kind of like calms all the stress in my brain. But it's kind of being mindful of things like that and understanding like right now I'm not in a good space. Right now I'm not being as productive as I normally am. And that's okay. And that's okay. And I just need to find small little nuggets of mindfulness to be like, this is okay. You're fine. You're clearly not operating. That's so true. Yeah, you're clearly not operating as like well as you typically would. You're clearly not enjoying what you typically would. So let's try and see what else you can do. Yeah. And I also think like when you're in a state of burnout, like your whole mindset just goes super negative. And it's like the world's against me. Everything's hard. Getting out of bed is hard. Opening my laptop is hard. So those little nuggets of like appreciation, they show up in places they wouldn't usually show up. You know, like usually you might find a lot of satisfaction in in completing a task you complete at work. This might come in a sunset or a sunrise or a good cappuccino or whatever it is. So yeah, I think it is mindfulness plays a massive thing of like pulling yourself out of that. Because whatever you feeling whatever makes you feel good whatever makes you feel bad you need to do for yourself in that moment yeah. and it might be weird yeah 100 percent. so another question we were asked is what do you think about using tiktok for businesses and i know Woo! you've got a lot to say on this topic Let's yeah. chat. this is a very interesting topic right now and it's actually a very common question that i get asked because we recommend to a lot of our clients that they need to be on tiktok and mm-hmm. it is a, a very challenging conversation because everyone has this perception that TikTok is a bunch of people shaking their asses to yeah. trending songs. I mean, as they should. If TikTok they want dances. To. 100%. <laughs> kudos to you. But as a business, they need to understand what that means. Yeah. Like, what is the purpose of TikTok? So I think, like, TikTok is this platform that kind of came out of nowhere and just added this entire human element to everyone's digital presence it it literally did exactly the same thing for brands that's exactly Mm -hmm. what it did for brands for me this is my opinion obviously tiktok made brands human again and i think that everyone got sucked into this idea of being the best spending the most being on the best billboards having the best tv adverts you know having a perfect perfectly curated instagram feed perfectly curated product shoots everything like we went to this era of like perfection yeah. and it was the, the era like of Photoshop and 20, airbrushing. 2014 to like 2018 was wild. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like also when Instagram started, it was this whole thing of like perfection and mm-hmm. like inspiration and you just, whatever. And then TikTok came out of the works and it's just added this whole new element to businesses, to brands. Um, and that's what it is for me. Like I think there is so much space for selling on TikTok. It's just the way that you do it is different. And I think brands need to understand that TikTok isn't going away. What it's done to the digital field is not going away. It's transformed how every other platform functions as well. Mm -hmm. Like even if you look at Instagram and how that's now happening and like, I mean, Instagram completely changed how their platform works and what it prioritizes to compete with TikTok. Exactly. So clearly TikTok be talking about something. Exactly. And like be real. Yeah. You know, like that is all based on the same thing of like authenticity. For me as a brand, if you're watching this or as an individual, if you're watching this and you're, you know, wary about TikTok, there is a market for everything on TikTok. And if you are the person that thinks like, how would I ever find my target audience on TikTok? You have a very bad mindset. <laughs> there is your your target audiences on every platform, probably. Social media is too big. There's too many social media users for you not to find your audience there, to be completely honest. Facts. Like there is a talk for everything. There's cooking talk. There's book talk. There's social media talk, you know. Literally there's everything. house talk, real estate talk, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> there is Keep a going. niche and I think that's what TikTok's done so well is everyone speaks about and the lingo on TikTok is like you find your algorithm. And when you find your algorithm, you're connected with like-minded people and you create a really good community. So as a brand, 
I promise you, you have an audience on TikTok. The other side of it is like relatability aspect of it. There's no shame in being a little bit funny, a little bit humorous, having a few flaws as a brand. Being and like a bit vulnerable. Being a bit vulnerable. And that's what TikTok's about. And last thing I want to say is that the pull through from TikTok to everywhere else we've seen is amazing. Our TikTok followers grew, our Instagram followers grew, our TikTok followers grew, we landed more clients. Our TikTok followers grew, we had more people visiting our website. And I think people might be like, it's because of the industry that you're in. If you have clients in different industries, same thing happened. People are going to TikTok. People are using TikTok. Do not stick your head in the sand and pretend like it doesn't exist because you will fall behind. Yeah, 100%. And that's my answer. The one thing I want to add on to that is like the aspect you spoke about kind of like as a brand, it's okay to be funny. As a brand, it's okay. It's good to be relatable. Like I think there's a lot of the big brands that don't necessarily receive direct sales or like direct income through being big on TikTok or exploring TikTok as a channel. But that brand reputation and that brand connection with this new up and coming generation has been massive. Like I think about Duolingo. Like obviously people can subscribe to the platform, but people know that bird, dude. They know that bird. Some people know the TikTok, but they have no idea what the brand does. 100%. And it doesn't matter because they know you. Like, that is what, that is, honestly, I think nowadays, there's so many brands out there doing exactly the same thing. Like, you need that differentiation, mm-hmm. you know? You need and to I mean, something different. you said something about, like, not generating sales. And I think even now, since TikTok's been launched, that's also all changing with the paid mm-hmm. ads being introduced, with UGC coming in and, like, TikTok influencers reviewing products. I mean, there's a whole side of TikTok for, like, reviews and recommendations. And you just need to get to another platform and don't pretend like it doesn't exist. And don't yeah. tell me that you don't want to see girls dancing on TikTok because, one, you do. And if you are, it's because it's what you like and your algorithm keeps showing you that. <laughs> and, sec- and secondly... There's other stuff on TikTok. Yeah, you should get on the platform. It's a lot of fun and it's great for your business. Okay, another question we were asked is, what has your most difficult client taught you? Everyone wants a service, but they don't necessarily understand the service. And I think that's been our biggest challenge in general, just in this industry. People think when they sign on with any marketing agency, it's just going to be like money, money in, money in, larger sales, larger, you know, website traffic. Everything's just going to explode. And realistically, like nothing worth having comes quickly. Yeah. So there's a lot of this misconception. And I think that's something we learned very quickly of like making sure that our clients were very direct, very honest with our clients about what they can expect when they sign on with us. Mm -hmm. And I think that our hardest client probably taught us the danger of misaligned expectations or misaligned KPIs. Yeah. Like when you set your KPIs with your clients, one, obviously you should be able to deliver to deliver on them, but they need to align. If what you are striving for internally is not what people are expecting in, in the account that you're working for, you're never ever gonna see eye to eye. Ever. Yeah. And then it's just gonna be the cycle of disappointment. Expectations yeah. and disappointment. I feel like even the clients where we've had our, our largest challenges or maybe biggest disagreements has always been a positive outcome. And I yeah. think that is the mindset you have to go into it. Not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to like what you do. Not everyone's going to find value in what you deliver. And that's just life. So I feel like this idea of like, oh no, he was a difficult client. It's it's a lot of like um, like passing blame. Yeah. like Projection. Exactly. If you lose an account, if a client isn't happy Take what you want to out of it to learn. Leave behind what you thought what like you didn't agree with or maybe was like a little bit difficult. But you need to actually learn from your clients because if you're constantly going to pass off a client of being like, oh no, he was just difficult, you're never going to improve. And then the rest of the clients that come up that have similar issues, you're not going to be able to surpass that. And I think the biggest thing that we've, any account that we've been like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. Like, why can't we get this right? 
we've landed another account very similar and we've done better. Yes. And that's what's important. Yeah. I think like the one thing I want to add on to that is I also think it's okay and very reasonable to accept the fact that not every agency is going to work for every business and not every business is going to work for every agency. It really is. I, I solidly believe it. Service providers and companies, it's like the perfect match. You need to find people who not only speak in a similar way to you, do business the same way as you or similar, um, have a mutual respect for the fact that you do business differently or you want to take different paths. They need to understand and acknowledge that your processes are, might be different to their own, but they are working towards achieving the same goal. I do agree. I definitely, definitely do agree. Next question. What platforms do you make use of the most? Like social platforms? I don't know. We can do, let's do social platforms and let's talk about like what we use for work. So social platforms, I'm probably most on LinkedIn and TikTok. Wow. Yeah, but that's obviously recently. I think before it would probably be Instagram and TikTok and now mm-hmm. it's probably LinkedIn and TikTok. Mm-hmm. Those are like the platforms I probably spend the most time on. I don't know if you want to do socials. I think I spend the most time on TikTok and Instagram. TikTok personally, Instagram business. Like, I spend all of my time on Instagram checking in on all of our accounts. Okay, I'm very rarely on Instagram for my own purposes. Aren't we all? I'm kind of over Instagram for my own purposes. It's like work. <laughs> it's actually so funny. Like, people hear that you work in social media and they're like, oh, my goodness, how does it feel spending, like, all your time on Instagram or, like, on social media? And I'm like, you know, I've never met a social media manager that has, you know, a really good personal social media account. Yeah, or particularly enjoys creating, like, bucket loads of content for, for themselves. themselves every single day yeah no anyway no. and i think that leads me on to the next thing of like platforms so obviously we have our scheduler which is where we do all of our stuff of like scheduling content writing captions hashtag research mm-hmm. all of that that would be the first one and then the second one would be scheduler canva and lightroom yeah those are probably going to be my top three I mean, I think mine are very maybe Wondershare for Mora because that's the video edits I use. Yeah, I think mine's pretty much the same as yours. Just Wondershare for Mora is number three. Okay. Definitely scheduler first. I'm on that. Oh, wait, no. I got an app in my calendar. Yeah, no, you spend a lot of time. Oh, I spend a lot of my time. Oh, 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 oh. I missed my favorite one. What? It's called Keynote. What is it called? Oh, Evernote. Evernote, Canva, scheduler. Heck, I do everything on Evernote. That's where I assign myself all my personal tasks. Oh. Evernote, scheduler, Canva. Yeah. Next question. Do you have office space? Not yet. Not yet. Well, kind of. So at the moment, remember our team is split between Joburg and Cape Town at the moment. If you ever see our social media, people are always like, working from the Cape Town office. So <laughs> we currently have people kind of spread over between Pretoria, Joburg and Cape Town. Yeah. So I think like deciding where we would want to have office space is quite a big thing. Especially like permanent offices. Exactly. Yeah. So I think as the team grows, obviously we're going to consider office space. But I think right now what we are definitely looking into is more of like hot desk and co-working space for everyone just so that everyone can go to their nearest spaces or regis and sit down with a professional um, setup and all of that. Yeah. Um, so that's the one half of it. But what we do do is every Thursday or Friday we get together as a team and we work from one space. So at the moment I've got quite a nice setup at my place. So everyone comes here every Thursday, Friday and we work together. Obviously for the people in Cape Town, when they can, they meet up. Um, and if we go to Cape Town, we meet up with those people. Yeah. So yeah, Thursdays and Fridays are generally known as work days. So we come together, we have lunch together, full day together. Um, that's also where we bulk produce all of our TikToks. Yeah, everything. Well, not everything, but all, all the, the team all stuff. The team stuff. All the team um, stuff. But yeah, I think office space is definitely in the conversations at the moment, which yeah. is very exciting. 
Okay, another question we were asked is, do you actually make money as a social media manager? No, we're just doing this all for fun. Yeah, it's just for <laughs> gigs, it's guys. It's just for <laughs> gigs. Um, yes. <laughs> this is always such a funny question. Yeah. Um, it's such a massive misconception about like the social media space, even like influencers, uh, content creators. A lot of people just assume like they're just doing it for fun. It's a massive industry and there's a lot of work done here. Anyways, I'm not going to get offended by the question. Yeah, no big deal. I mean, we do do it for fun. It's fun. It is fun. But it is also our job, yeah. <laughs> which means we job. have bills to pay and we have things to do and salaries to, to pay. So yeah. I think to answer the question, yes, we definitely do. I think the question is rather like how or maybe maybe the value that can be given here is like how we structure it to make it function a bit better. Mm-hmm. And I think coming into the clients we currently have, um, it's kind of split between ad hoc and retainer clients. If you go into our website, you'll see that there's, it's always split between for me, for my business and for a large enterprise. That's how we separate our service offerings. And underneath those, we have our ad hoc options. So once off gigs that people want to purchase, maybe it's a photography gig, maybe it's a set of graphics they want designed, yeah. um, you know, maybe copyright, copywriting, blog posts, whatever it might be. Then we have our retainer clients. So it's very much separated between those two, but a lot of people want to settle on retainers that they can plan for it. They can yeah. develop a relationship. You know, they can watch the KPIs grow. They can watch the metrics develop as they're with someone. I think the idea of having like ad hoc marketing services has never really made sense to me because once yeah. off things never really last unless it's like one campaign or like one production mm-hmm. you're putting on. Those are three revenue generators and we make most of our money on retainers mm-hmm. and ad hoc actually I think it's kind of balanced, but obviously the retainers are a lot more easy to plan with. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I do think it is something that is very competitive. I think the social media marketing creative space is extremely competitive. And one of the biggest things we always talk about is creative um, collaboration over competition. And I mean, we say it for a reason. It's not just to have like a cool second slogan that we don't really believe in. Like there's a reasoning behind it. And I think the creative space is ruthless and cutthroat a lot of the time. And a lot more people could be making a lot more money in this industry if there was just people offering value, people helping, people understanding. Collaboration. Yeah. So that's the one thing I'll add. I love that. Next question. What book would you recommend for an entrepreneur starting out? And we're going to be nice here, okay? We're going to give grace. We're going to say book, audiobook, or a podcast. Because... I was going to say, like, I actually don't read a lot, but I do listen to a lot of podcasts and I do... I have read a few books that have impacted my life. Most recently, I was forced to read a book by John Jack. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hi, John. <laughs> um, and it was called, I forgot the name. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. I, I'm, 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 I'm. Amp It Up. Very good book. Very insightful tips. I would definitely recommend. Um, I know my whole team knows the phrase now. Time kills all deals. Yep. Yep, it's a great one. I've read one hard copy book and that was a subtle art of, I mean, I haven't read one hard copy book, but there's but the one, one that's off the hard copy head. book that I can think of and it is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a f- That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Definitely have taken that with me for the rest of my life. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've then actually only just started reading it. I bought it. There's not a second one. Last year. I saw, I saw the cover. I just haven't. I want to finish reading it. Yeah, but I've, I've heard it's very, very good. Yeah. So that's probably the first one. That's a goodie. I know there's a lot of really good books out there right now. You were talking about another one. Um, the, the one top. 
one? Yeah, the one that I found really, really valuable was Atomic Habits by James Clear. Okay. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about it, and when I read it, I was definitely not disappointed. Um, in terms of podcasts, the one I could recommend is obviously Four Words. <laughs> hey. Four Words by Four Time Creatives. It's super insightful. Yeah. It'll change your life. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, definitely improve like your I sense of humor. Definitely improve your sense of humor. Um, the one that does come to the top of my mind is you actually put me on it, I think back, back in 2020, which was Business Made Simple, mm. which is a very, very good podcast. Their podcast episodes are like super short. They're like max 30, 40 minutes, um, typically around like the 15, 20 minute mark. And they interview a lot of people. They speak about a lot of different types of business models. A popular thing that they do as well that's very fun and insightful if you're trying to learn from other entrepreneurs is they have an entrepreneur on um, and their business has a distinct if issue or problem and they brainstorm live on the podcast how to solve it actual solutions like for example if they want to introduce a subscription model they'll walk them through how to do that for their specific business and what that would look like and how to make it successful so it's very nice it's like almost like team learning which yeah. is very cool another thing i want to say like i think just because of the question it said like starting out it's also like starting out in which industry because i think in this yeah. industry where i find a lot of values actually blogs because they're updated so frequently that's a good point so yeah. i read a lot of blogs like the gwi right gwi gwi yeah. has amazing blogs amazing insights um a lot of like later social um mm. a lot of these scheduling platforms their blog posts are really great really for insightful. short impactful easy to read insights into the industry Maybe that's just the nature of the industry that we're in. I think that's also makes a very big difference is yeah. I feel like I keep up to date because of that. And then even the podcast that I listen to, it's very much based on like marketing and socials. It's not really based on entrepreneurial books in a yeah. sense. Because I think maybe that's like just a side tip of like maybe think more towards the niche that you want to get into. If mm -hmm. you're looking to start a business in the marketing industry, if you're looking to start a, if you want to open up like a store, those are two very different things. Yeah. So look for. Books I also think that. there's two very different spaces in which you can educate yourself as an entrepreneur. Your niche and what you want to provide as a service, a product. What do you want to do in your business, and then how to successfully run it. What does the sure. mindset shift have to be as an entrepreneur? Because I think that's also like we speak about it all the time. Like mm. the shift in mindset you have to have from being even just from a small business to a normal like regular sized size business right. to a large enterprise to a you know, this corporate giant and what that looks like. Like, it's a lot of different shifts you have to go through. Mm. Um, but yeah, those would be some of our top recommendations. I'm not going to lie. I think this question is probably the reason why I wanted this to be a full podcast and to not just respond to the, the story box, um, question boxes we got. So this question is, who is your dream client or dream industry to work with or in? Those are two very different questions. Okay, let's do the first one. Let's do dream client. This is really hard because I feel like I've got two. On the one side, passion really fuels like my perfect clients because I think a lot of what we do needs that. And we obviously bring a lot of passion to the marketing that we do. And that just explodes when it's met with equal passion from whoever is hiring us, whether it's the head of marketing or whether it's the business owner, um, whatever it might be. But I think passion is the first thing that I always look for in a dream client. And the second thing is, I think it's been a lot easier 
or maybe not easier, but a lot more impactful to work with clients that have have established a base and a sales channel already. Yeah. Like I think we're very often mistaken as like a sales team or like an entire marketing division. Obviously for some of our clients, we do operate as the entire marketing division, but for clients that we brought on as a social media management team, a lot of the times you're brought into a place that doesn't have a marketing division yet and you kind of have to navigate quite a, not a, yeah, a messy space. So I think that structure of like coming on board, they know how they make their money, where they make their money, they know their target audience, they know what they're trying to do um, and they find a lot of value in digital efforts. For me, and you're going to know this answer. Because you knew this answer. For me, it would definitely be the sports industry, like the sports sports marketing space in particular oh my any gosh f1 team that will have me i will happily join anyone anyone mercedes is my favorite come at me literally it's fine you can hate me everyone this else. has literally been a dream of Anya's since she joined this company guys let me tell you a quick story i have humiliated myself to try to put myself on the uh, mercedes employment database so i literally sent them a cv where i had the only thing that was on my cv so far was assistant an executive assistant i'd barely started in social media but i was like no i'm gonna shoot my shot who knows who knows maybe they're looking for someone like, like young different and new in, yeah like i'm from a different country that's exciting maybe they'll like just pay for me to move there like no big deal i have i have I have connected with the current Mercedes social media manager on LinkedIn. Nice. Sent him a private message and everything and he accepted basically it. basically in there. His name's Daniel. He's, he, Shout out to you, Daniel. He creates great this. content. I recommend you all go and connect with him. Ton of money I sent you. Don't do that. No, definitely go tag no, Tanya no, 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 in the no, comment no, no, section no, no, no. and say, she's the reason that, that I'm here. Do it. Any F1 team, any team or like company that works in the formula one space it's always been a dream of mine to kind of like follow the races around the the the, the world um and their social media team their content creation team their all of their marketers their events people they travel to all of the different locations um and yeah i just think it's a great way to see the world it's great experience very very corporate a lot of politics and pr you need to navigate that i would love to be involved in so that's a great i answer. also feel like we produce beautiful content i saying. agree I know you would. The last question that we're going to be covering is what is your life motto at the moment? And I'm going to be brutally honest, so please do be. I've got a few. Okay, share yours. The first one sounds really cringy, but I've literally, as soon as it came out in that one movie, I can't remember what it was, but it was those who matter won't mind and those who mind don't matter. And I think like operate, I mean, just in general, professional, personal, there are going to be people that don't like you. There are going to be people who tune you about things and your achievements and whatever. And I just always tell myself like the people who mind don't matter. Yep. And Love those that. who matter don't mind. Love that. Do you have another one? You give life to what you give energy to. And I really, really believe that because whether it's your thoughts, whether it's your words, whether it's your environment, the people around you, what you feed into will feed back to you in every way so if you're going to surround yourself with people who bring you down if you're going to surround yourself with people who you would never trade places with mm -hmm. whose lives you don't want whose values you don't believe in if you're going to surround yourself with those people you give life to what you give energy to i love that so my first one that we've had for a long time but it always reigns true is onwards and upwards i think within our space we've seen so much growth so rapidly and now over the past year we've tried to keep that growth consistent and to have it be more of like the slow yes it's increasing it's growing it's not like this rapid panicky growth that we may have experienced in the past 
Um, so onwards and upwards is one. Whenever we lose a client, onwards and upwards. Whenever we gain a client, onwards and upwards. Whenever we're going through anything hectic as, as a team and there's stress, it's onwards, onwards and, upwards and upwards always. Next one is a little bit more like just kind of for where we are at um, and where I'm at. I think I'd have to say it's like step up or step out. Um, Damn. Yeah. And I mean, I mean that a lot for myself personally, not as much for other people in my life. But for me, I think I'm really pushing myself to step up, push myself out of my comfort zone, to grow, to put myself in spaces where I know I'm going to be able to step up. Like that is what I want to do. And if I can't do that, I need to step out. I need to take a break. I need to chill and then get right back in, you know. Mm. Um, Then my third one is kind of just like, how life is right now and it's more of like a funny humorous one um that i i was i think i can't remember where we found it but it was like someone mentioned it at a work day it was like on someone's laptop or something but it was like life is a series of emergencies and that's where i'm at right now life is a series of emergencies but i'm embracing it i'm very good at dealing with emergencies so it's true those are are my three my last one i'm sure you've seen it on my laptop um, I have a quote by, I think it was, I think it was Visualize, a graphic done by Visualize. Yeah. Such a great Instagram page. Such Definitely a great, go please follow go follow them. Um, yeah, like I, I love all of their stuff. But it's this one that says, um, repetition, 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 repetition. And I just think it's a concept of like repetition equals reputation. Whatever you do consistently, you become. And that kind of feeds into like you give life to what you give energy to. Yeah. Whatever you repeat consistently you will become and that goes for the bad the good the bad habits the good habits consistency is key and i mean that's even something we tell our clients like as long as we can get to a state where we're consistently producing high quality content or whatever it might be consistency is key repetition (laughs) equals your reputation love it okay guys but that's pretty much everything for this podcast episode thank you so much for joining us if you have any insights on any of the questions we answered or if you have any other questions you'd like us to answer please pop them in the comment section pop us a dm communicate with us on any of our channels we are on everything and anything like subscribe comment like i said and we will catch you yeah next time catch us next time on the forward podcast yeah hey that was good (laughs) oh my gosh that was better than i thought it was gonna be okay goodbye bye guys